Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. talking about money and children today. I don't know about you, but I used to have a friend in school who just was not great at keeping track of her money. She was literally always losing her money. <laughs> literally. Couldn't figure out where it went. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the various different ways that, you know, kids could lose their money. Will Rainey is the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables. It's a great book to read to your kids with, get them used to the idea of uh, money management, even investing their money. He's uh, founder of Blue Tree Savings. That is a blog that he contributes to regularly. Will Rainey, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. It's great to be back on the show. Likewise. So, Will, what do you think about this whole topic of teaching kids not to lose money? What are some of the ways we can do that? Yeah, it's a really important topic because there's so many people, adults today, who are suffering because they've essentially given their money away in, without really thinking about it. And so what I do with my children, and it's, and it's part of the book that you just mentioned, is to get children to think of money like seeds. And their goal is to plant those seeds and to grow what I call like this fortune forest or a money forest. Mm -hmm. And what this does is it gives children a goal. They've got a goal with their money and they want to look after it and grow this this forest. And then once you've got that, you then want to protect it (laughs) from making sure that your trees don't get chopped down or you're not giving away your seeds for someone else to grow. And once they have that... They also know they need to be patient. They know that trees don't grow overnight. So when someone comes along and says, oh, I've got this magical way in which you can make loads of money and you can have this forest tomorrow, you don't have to wait. They'll always be like, hmm, wait a minute. I know trees don't grow over time quickly. This might not be something that I want to do. We all want money quickly, mm-hmm. but more we can teach children that it takes time for money to grow, then they're more, more likely to, to resist the urges of the common ways in which people lose money, which is using debt or impulse spending or scams or gambling. And we really need to educate our children about these different ways in which people kind of give their money away and therefore don't end up with the the fortune forests that we all want them to have. It's a great topic. It really is about guarding against bad money habits or unintentionally disregarding how precious money is and therefore uh, giving it away to a scammer or uh, giving it away when you have compound interest work against you if you spend too much on your credit card, for example, or you know falling prey to all sorts of investment scams out there that see you part with your money. So I think it's a great idea. Let's start with this whole topic of debt. So it's one thing for kids to know that money is precious. Will, how do you bring the idea of debt alive to a young mind? Yeah, so it's a really important topic because what we want children to know is that if if people are using debt, so borrowing money, then the key bit that we want them to understand is that if they buy something using debt, it's going to cost them more. And so what I do with my daughters, and again, I use the same tree analogy, both with my daughters and, and in the book, is to say, when we're borrowing money, we're a sense someone else is planting, taking our seeds and planting it in their, their forest, and it's growing, and it's going to grow really quickly. And so before we can start growing our own forest, we need to get that tree back. And so we have to pay for that tree, and we know that that tree has been growing, and it's been growing really fast. So the more that we use debt, the more someone else is growing their forest and we need to buy it back before. 
but also trying to use real life examples works really well with children. Mm. So when we, I matched in, in Vietnam and when we first got here, we had a person who kept driving us to and from the local town in his car. Mm-hmm. And suddenly due, due to COVID, he couldn't drive us anymore because he had to give his car back to the bank. And so we told our children that every, he borrowed money for his car. And when we were using his car, we were giving him money. And whenever other tourists were using his car, they were giving him money. And he was giving some of that money to the bank. But mm-hmm. as soon as the tourists went, he kind of couldn't pay back his debt and therefore had to give his car and his kind of his livelihood away. It's a bit of a sad story, but I kind of want these real life ones because they still uh, remember mm-hmm. that story. And we, we still keep in contact with him and we see him and, and help them out. But it just shows that debt can lead to, to bad things as well. And then we can kind of get them a little, not scared, but cautious mm. about debt and using real life examples days in the memory, not just for kids, but for adults as well. Yeah, it's so important to draw from what's really happening in life around you, I think. You know, I think also when it comes to this idea of debt, the thing is a lot of kids don't have physical contact with money. Do you think that's important, physical contact, so kids understand this idea of scarcity, literally not having money, or, or what debt is all about? Oh, it's a big piece going on. With, we're moving to this cashless world, and Unfortunately, as we move to a cashless world, we have to just train our kids to live where money is invisible. And that just means that as parents and guardians, we need to be more proactive in talking to them about money, showing them on computer screens or on apps where money is going to and where it's going from. Unfortunately, yeah, we, we're just not going to have that tangible touching of seeing money and seeing it disappear as we spend it or other people are getting our money. So we have to be proactive and, and start talking more. And hence using the, the analogy of trees, it makes it more visual in their minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even though they can't touch it, <laughs> they can kind of visualize it. And that's, I think that's a really powerful piece. And again, stories sticks in the minds and helps them picture, given that we can't, they can't see it in real life, unfortunately. So anymore. when when we talk about debt, and you know, if you are in a situation as an adult where you are dealing with a mountain of debt, it is frightening. You can feel out of control. Uh, and you mentioned that story you shared with your children, which was a little bit, which was sad, you know. And I'm wondering, how do they react when, when you, you see a teachable moment about debt? And if they, they are sad, is that sort of part of the whole idea of teaching about debt? The emotions. Yes. Yeah, so there is. I think it's, I don't want my children to be scared of money, but I want them to be very cautious of it. And mm. again, our friend, he's got another job. And so we, and again, we see him. So it's, it, it's worked out all, all right for them. But I do want them to be seeing the other side of debt. Because otherwise, if you don't show them that side, then debt is just oh, some free money that I can go and spend and in, have the things that I want and I can have them now. And no one's out there sort of saying, well, I know that it's all in the paperwork. If you go and take out debt, it's in the fine print that you have to owe back more. And if you can't keep up repayments, it gets repossessed. But we need to make sure children are very aware of that and that there are consequences from doing that. So using real life stories to show that it does happen and people, circumstances do change. So in this example where COVID comes around and has a big impact, we can't take for granted that we're always going to be able to repay Great lesson, Um, great life lesson. 
Yeah. Will Rainey is the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables and the founder of a website, Blue Tree Savings is the name of his blog. We're going to come back and talk about financial scams at Target Kids. Stay with me. Money FM 89.3. Stay ahead. Are you searching for all the COVID requirements and rules before you book your hotels and air tickets to your holiday destination? Get all your travel rules around the world at str.sg slash strholiday. A travel widget by The Straits Times. This message is brought to you by SPH Media. Come up to speed with all the news and information you need to make the confident decisions you trust with The Breakfast Huddle. Your money, 12 to 1, workday afternoon, and prime time every weekday on Money FM 89.3. Singapore's most influential radio station. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. talking about talking to your children about money. Will Rainey is my guest. He's the author of Grandpa's Fortune Fables. A great read-along book to pick up. Uh, read it with your kids. Help them understand some money concepts. He is the founder of a blog, Blue Tree Savings. Will, I don't know about you, but the number of scams that I come across as an adult is staggering. Just yesterday, I had a telephone call from somebody claiming to be from the high court saying that I had forgotten my traffic summons and would I please press nine to talk to someone human. Of course, it was one of those strange computer voices that told me all this, you know, initially. And uh, it was a phone call and, uh, you know, it scared me. And I thought, I need to check this out. So I did my own investigation and yeah, no, I have not missed a traffic summons. No, I'm not at risk of a court case. But you know, adults, it's all, you know, as an adult, these scams are all around you. Are there some scams that you've come across recently that target kids? So luckily I have it directly, but there are becoming more and more prevalent with children, especially of older ages, where Children, say late teens, when they're starting to use their money to invest in like cryptocurrency and all these NFTs, and that's just opening up the market for for scammers to approach them. And so I, I'm getting these emails from about NFTs and, and crypto saying, "Oh, let's all get together. We'll all buy this one NFT or this one cryptocurrency, and then it'll go up in price, and then we'll all sell at the same time." So it's the pump and dump. Scam, mm. and so it's trying to take money from other people, and they know trying to encourage people to do that, but they know they're going to just be taking the money from those people. So what I've been doing with my daughters is, whenever I get these emails, mm. and I know it's a scam, I've been showing them, I've been telling them, because the way to defeat scams is to make sure that children are aware of them. So with my children, I do two things. One is. I, I have this made-up character that I use called Scammy Sam. So I, every now and then, I'll just say to them, I'll give them a scenario, and it'll be too good to be true. So we'll have breakfast, and I'll say, oh, who wants waffles with ice cream and chocolate sauce for breakfast? And they'll shout out, Scammy Sam. <laughs> and it's just to, put in their, just to put in their minds that these... But then when it... So I want them to have that, all right, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Oh. And when it comes to money, I want them to learn what is too good. And then, so when I get these emails through saying we can make... 50% returns in a short period of time, I know that's too good to be true. And then I try and talk to my daughters. So when they're growing up, they've got a good sense of what is 
reasonable, what's just risky, but what's just a complete scam. And the more that we can pass on that information rather than trying to protect them, we try and educate them. And that's going to give them the best defense against scams when they're older. But also, like what you said with your, the one that came through, mm. just make sure children know that they don't respond to any emails. If they, they think it might be true, go and find the actual number for the, uh, the courts on the, on, the right. website, on the website and phone them up. That way you don't click links or press buttons on phones. <laughs> We are talking to Will Rainey about what we can do to instill good instincts in children so that they don't lose their money to debt. They don't lose their money to scammers. I think that's a great point, Will, that, you know, when it comes to scam, really the instinct that you have to have is the sense of, is that too good to be true? I mean, you know, I was approached by this fund and they were promising returns of 15% every quarter. And the moment I... Heard that, my heckles went up, and I thought, yeah. And it turned out to be a big scam. It did eventually, yeah. one of the largest in Singapore. So there you have it. You know, hone the sense, right? Of too good to be true. Exactly. Next up, let's talk about another way that you can find yourself losing money as an adult, and that is gambling. So, Will, why do you think kids need to be educated about gambling? So I believe that they. It's about gambling because at the moment, what they'll see about gambling in the real world is only one side. So they'll hear the good sides <laughs> in the news. When it comes to uh, gambling, we only hear one side or our children might only hear one side. So they might see on the news, so-and-so has won the lottery, won millions of dollars. And that seems like a good thing. But what the news never shows is headline, hundreds of millions of people have lost are now poorer because they played the lottery and they lost it's only ever one side that they see. They don't see the downside of gambling and the, the vast amount of people who do gamble and aren't lucky enough to win. And so I try and say to my daughters that gambling is, is it's essentially based on or is luck. And we don't want to base our financial futures on luck. We want to be doing the things that we know can make money grow over the long term. It might be risky, but over the long term, so investing in the stock market over the long term is uh, strategic investing in the stock market over the very short term to try and say, oh, can I make money tomorrow? That's a luck and that's a bit of gambling. So it's all about trying to understand luck, but show that on the downside of gambling that a lot more people lose from gambling. And the more they, they know that side, the less they're likely to be wooed by the headlines of just one person winning lots of money. That is so important because that is unseen, right? We all get swept up with those huge headlines. $11 billion win gazillion dollar win and how their lives have changed these lottery millionaires yeah and i'm sure i don't know about vietnam whether the (laughs) lottery wins are huge but they are everywhere especially in australia and here in singapore too all right let's talk about no money day we are talking about good financial habits here on money fm that you can help impart with your kids that you can help teach your kids and will rainey is my guest he is the author of grandpa's fortune fables and he is the founder of blue tree savings we were talking earlier about how he has shared with his children this idea of money as seeds which you need to plant that and they grow into blue trees right will exactly <laughs> all right i hear in your household that there is such a thing as a no money day what is that Yeah, so No Money Day is something we did. We actually heard about three years ago, and I thought it would be a good idea 
to try it out with my, my family. So it's just a day where we don't spend any money on takeaways or going to restaurants or going to events or going to the shops. We just don't spend any of our money. And so some people have done this in the past because they want to try and save some money, but I wanted to do it for more of a, right, let's see what's the impact if we don't spend any money so my kids can understand what we do. And it was a really interesting experiment, and we've been doing it once a year since, and the kids actually enjoy it now, (laughs) which is really good to see because there's so many benefits of doing it. Uh, What happens on No Money Day? I mean, how is food put on the table? What does everybody eat? Yeah, so the first time we did it, my wife was actually out for the day with her friends, so it was just my kids and I. So I said to them, look, I've accidentally left my wallet in mum's handbag, so we can't spend any money. So we can only eat what's in the house. And it was really interesting because I hadn't planned for it (laughs) too much in advance. I hadn't gone to the supermarket the day before or something, so the cupboards were relatively scarce. But we just created stuff, and the kids were young, and so we had like beans on toast, but we put some like uh, sprinkles that you'd put on ice cream on top of the beans on toast. It didn't taste very nice. It looked good, <laughs> but we had a good time with it. And again, for dinner, we didn't have much, and we just had essentially rice and plain chicken because, again, I hadn't had much in the fridge. But we made it into a game. The kids were creative. We were saying, right, this is a very boring dinner, but let's tell each other very the most boring story you can think of. And we did it all in slow-pitched voices and... And we just laughed and laughed, and now the kids say, can we have another boring dinner? Because it just brings back memories of, of playing that game. And mm. so it, we really, and we went and played lots of the board games that we've had in our cupboard that we haven't played for a long time. And so it did two things. One, it, it kind of appreciated what we've already got, so all the games that we've got and the toys and pieces in, in the house already. Yeah. But it also gave them a sense of how much we would normally go out and spend. <laughs> so normally on that day, we would go to a cafe and have breakfast and, and play games there. We might go to the shops and we might go out for snacks or something in the afternoon or go to the cinema. And we kind of they got appreciation of all the times that we would naturally spend money in a day. So it gave them a great insight to, A, appreciate what we've got, but also mm. understand how often we do spend money. And it, again, it wasn't to try and save money per se, but it was more mm. appreciate the money that we, we do spend or and appreciate what we've already spent in the past. You know, one more layer that I can appreciate from No Money Day is this disconnection that happiness comes with spending that sort of fuels our consumerist society, you know, where we're anxious, we spend more or, you know, you think... You, you get so conditioned to spending and then receiving something and that boosting your happiness level. And I can see how No Money Day interrupts that. Correct. And it's, what was really interesting about that is, as I said, when I told my daughters about it and said, right, we have to have a No Money Day because I've given my wallet, I left my wallet. I told my daughters I left the wallet in my wife's handbag. So that was an easy way for them to understand that we can't spend money that day because we have no money in the house. Mm. But actually what it really brought out is that for other children, for families who do have money, trying to teach them about money and the value of money is very hard because they know that you've got money. (laughs) So therefore, when you say we're not going to spend money, it's like, why are we not going to spend money? We need to spend money to have happiness. And it actually, it can be a bit of a, a resistance for families because the children will be like, 
are conditioned that money brings happiness. Yeah. And so, yeah, doing a no money day, granted for some families, it might be hard to convince the children that we're going to do it. And hence, using my little tactic of saying, oh, we've left the wallet. <laughs> we can't spend. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier for children to accept. And also um, make it so, fun because it sounds like your kids enjoy no money day. They've asked for more no money days, right? So make it fun so that, you know, you, you, you interrupt this whole notion that in order to be happy, you need to spend money because you guys are playing board games and they were happy with chicken, boiled chicken. Yes, yeah, no, it's it's great fun, and the more and children are creative, and the more that they can use that creativity, and we only do it once a year, so it's not laborious, and it becomes a bit of a novelty as well. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you, Will, for joining us this morning on Great Money Habits and Kids. Yes, thank you so much for having me. He's Will Rainey. His book is Grandpa's Fortune Fables, and he you can check out his blog. It's called Blue Tree Savings. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.